Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osher continue their discussion on the small called articles, looking at a section that speaks about repentance. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inherent Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right, we are on our second episode of Small Called Articles 3.3, and we're talking about repentance. And I felt like there was a lot more we could have discussed. Oh. <laughs> it was hard to cut off that episode. Uh, a lot of good topics there. Yeah, maybe a good place to start is when Martin Luther wrote that the life of a Christian should be one of repentance, yeah. you know, that whole thing, right? That there's that, a reason you can't exhaust talking right. about repentance. Yeah. That was one of the good uh, theses of... The very yeah. best one the, of the, the best 95. One. Yeah, right. It's a good yeah. thing that's number one and like not number 67. <laughs> <laughs> Got super tired yeah. of reading and missed the good, the good part. Yeah. Right. Oh, you got to think like Luther's getting to 88 and he's like, I'm just mailing this in. <laughs> I'm if, done. Do you think he had a goal at the I was end? Say, like, yeah, Lu- let's get to before he was Lutheran, you know, three points, right? Do you think 95 was a goal of his? Do you know? He's like trying to get to 100 and Von Staupitz down the hall. He's like, it's time to eat. Yeah. He's like, well, come on, five more. No, be done. Oh, oh good stuff. Yeah, well, we're, we're talking, about, <laughs> talking about repentance. I have the weirdest imagination. Oh, man. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, we, I mentioned there's, there was a lot that we could have discussed last time. Um, I know Adam, you mentioned you, you wanted to talk about the duration of repentance. Any, any comments you have before well, we yeah. so move we, on to some of the other topics here? Yeah. We talked about, you know, the, you know, the different aspects and, and different things to repentance about how it's a, a didactic thing. Uh, you know, the other thing that really we focus on a couple different things. One is the the nature of the duration. It's it's ongoing, right? The entire life. And and so you said that that was basically my point was was thesis number one. You know, the the duration or the entirety of the Christian life is repentance. You know, that the law never finishes doing its work. And I it, that's one thing that made a lot of sense to me now that that confused me when I was younger. You know, you, you kind of think of of you know the law drove me to the cross when I got saved. And then now it's it's what I have to do. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, Jesus got me so far and now I've got to, you know, he passed the torch and now it's my job to keep the law. But the reality is, is the law is going to continue to do its work to drive me to the cross always. And, and, and by the grace of God, and thankfully, he still does. Right. I mean, as, as a pastor, as somebody who teaches, I mean, I am reminded again and again by the law that I don't bring anything to the table. Uh, you know, my, I've said this on the podcast before, but my outline as I teach Romans from Romans one eighteen to three nineteen is or three twenty basically, uh, where it talks about the mouth being stopped, you know, that's that verse, but that whole, whole section is basically Paul railing on the fact that ain't nobody. Okay. You know, there's, there's nobody. Okay. You know, and he goes through, you know, you might, you might be not Jewish, but you're still not okay. You might be Jewish. You're not okay. You might be part of, you might've, you know, th- thought you followed, the, you're not okay. 
You're not okay. You're not okay. You're not okay. And the law continues to do that. And I, I, I like to bring that up to the students is this is a continual thing. This isn't just a, this ends at Romans three and now we're in Romans three, you know, 21 through 26 and it's just sweet, pure gospel and everything's good and sunshine and roses. No, the law is going to continue. This is a process. We need to be reminded daily that this is a problem for me and I need Jesus every day. And, and, and still, or maybe even we'd say, and yet, one of the major tensions of the Christian life is that repentance is both an event and an ongoing lifestyle. Right. Yeah. You know, it's the yeah. teaching repentance only as an event can lead to the obscurity that our forgiveness comes in degrees or in stages or in portions. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have this amazing, glorious reality that the moment we repent, when we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins in that moment yeah. mm-hmm. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. And yet our need for repentance is continual. Yeah. Right. And, and so it's not like you say, I'm going to take a 30 day repentance, uh, you know, and, and at fast. the end of the 40, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 40, 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, I'll be really forgiven. It, yeah. It's not yeah. like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's funny because fasting is one of the things that helps with our concept of repentance, because the idea of suffering or of mortality makes us more aware of our condition of sinfulness. And so all of that is entirely appropriate, but but I think identifying the tension in the duration of repentance as mm-hmm. both a lifestyle and an event mm-hmm. is what opens the door for the impact of the gospel. Right, it, becomes, yeah, it, it is the Christian life. Yep. You know, the aspect of Christian life and, you know, hearing that and, and hearing the gospel regularly, right? right. The other thing that, that stood out, and this was something we didn't get to, is, you know, we, you know the reality and the assurance of, of comfort. That mm-hmm. the law, you know, that the law came through Moses, but uh, life, you know, grace and truth, grace and truth yep. came through Jesus Christ. And so that whole, that whole idea of making sure that we get there, too that we need to understand that the law always gets us like we just said about, you know, the repentance of daily, you know, daily life is repentance. Uh, the way I like to teach repentance too, is we talk about it, it obviously comes up in all over scripture, but in Romans, you know, it's, it's very much, you know, uh, a theme. And I think that the, the simple way to look at it is contrition and faith, yep. contrition and faith. And that's not me. That's the, the confessions talk about that. That's, that's the, the confessions that talk about that, but con- contrition and faith, contrition and faith, contrition and faith. It's kind of like a two sides. Yeah. Of the same coin. Exactly. Yep. Or, or one of our professors says it this way. And I, I've, I'd never heard it this way, but this is his stock line. And the students remember it this way is uh, repentance is coming to Christ as a sinner, you know? And I, I think that there's a lot of a lot of value in seeing it that way. A lot of value in understanding it as, uh, you know, we are sinners and we, we need to come to Jesus. But but the fact that we have a place to go cannot be left on the table. It cannot be forgotten. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't get so far, let repentance do its work. I mean, let, let the law do its work in repentance to bring contrition, but not immediately, as the, as the text of the, the article here says, immediately get to the gospel. And, yeah. and the repent best, and believe. Yeah, the best part of that duality or those two elements of repentance is that you can manufacture either one apart from the other, but never together. Mm-hmm. And so that when you talk about contrition, you can manufacture contrition. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Can, well, can fake it. Like we talked can, about last yeah. week, Saul and yeah. and uh, yeah. or Judas. Yep. Or Godly the sorrow versus yep. Or the satisfaction, you know, do fifty hail marys and yeah. that'll show your, you know, all that stuff. You can manufacture it, but that doesn't produce faith. No, that you, it produces faith in yourself, which is actually idolatry. Mm-hmm. You can also do faith apart from contrition, but that is merely wishful thinking. Okay, it's like the power of positive thinking. Faith without mm-hmm. contrition. Faith is the object of Jesus you're talking um, with the object of Jesus? Yeah, f- faith without contrition because the faith in repentance is faith in the forgiveness of sins. Faith always has an object. Mm-hmm. And if you remove the notion of the forgiveness of sins from faith, what you have is God is nice, you're nice, go be nice. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. Well, it's like that Moralistic whole... Therapy that, I don't remember yeah, exactly. who it was. Yeah. Yeah, moralistic therapeutic deism. I can't remember who this was. Somebody was talking about this, about somebody, they they shared the gospel of this person, and like, Christ died for your sins, but didn't really go through the, you're a sinner, but, you know, Christ died for you. That's what it was. And and the guy's like, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to pay him back for Shoot. that. No. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but that's exactly it, is that faith in God, faith in Christ, apart from the forgiveness of sins, isn't actually faith because faith always has an object. Faith always has an endpoint. Mm-hmm. And so what is it that you believe about God apart from him saving you? Well, I believe God is love. Well, you know, what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. And and what it means is that God just loves me the way, you know, I love you just the way you are and cheesy saxophone <laughs> playing in the background <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh, but you, you see how our faith, not the, the whole conception of Christianity, mm-hmm. apart from those two linked, becomes a caricature mm-hmm. and it loses Fair. its yeah. tangibleness. Yep. I agree. Hmm. Oh, good. Good discussion here, guys. Um, let's, should we talk about satisfaction next? Don't do it. I'm not going to. I can see it in your eyes. I see the twinkle. Mick Jagger. <laughs> I almost said it, and, and I, I didn't even catch the twinkle in, yeah. in Brett's there's eye. A, there is a hard and fast rule on this pod. There's not a lot of rules on the Being Lutheran podcast, but one of them is that there is no Rolling Stones. None. Aerosmith <laughs> is okay. Well, no, no, no. This is, I was going to get there. We, we, we just got to get this out of the way right now. The three most overrated bands in rock music history. One is Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam has not continue, contributed anything good to anything. <laughs> uh, period. Wow. That was good. That was still more articulate than Eddie Vedder's lyrics, okay? Pearl Jam, the most overrated band in music history. Number two is Aerosmith. Mm. Aerosmith did one good song. And one good rap, and that was it. Okay, you know, and and I could probably live without Dream On. I could probably live without ever hearing Dream On again. I'd be fine. Three is the Rolling Stones, for most overrated band ever. The only reason they're number three is because Paint It Black is legitimately a good song. Hmm. It's a really good song. <laughs> Everything else is a disaster. You don't think Last Kiss was worth your time? No. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, well, what a tragic story of let, a young love. Let me, let me, ended too yeah. soon. Let me, what, what kills it for me with the Rolling Stones, what kills it for me with the Rolling Stones is whatever that obnoxious song where for four and a half minutes, someone's in the background going, ooh, ooh. 
Well, ooh, ooh, that one. Oh, it drives me up the wall. Okay, before you, you've you've derailed us, but yeah. before we go anywhere <laughs> yes, further, I do want to tie this back in uh, to, to Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> last, the last kiss, right? The, the, I will yeah. kill you. <laughs> uh, where, oh, where can my baby oh, be? No. The Lord took her away from me. She's gone to heaven, so I've got to be good. So I can oh, see my baby when I leave this yeah. world. Thankfully, that was a cover, so I'll allow, I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> the cover of the 50s song. <laughs> so, so all that to say, I, I should have sang it. You know, I, I no, haven't sung on here in a while. Better. Yeah. I could hear where, it in my head. Oh, where yeah. can my baby be? No, I was in the style of Scott Stapp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got him in my, yeah, anyway. All oh, that to say, satisfaction, what Brett. What are we doing? I was not expecting this. Uh, I, what, I, yeah. Pearl Jam did not understand I'm, repentance. Yeah. I'm passionate yeah. about a lot of things but i'm most passionate about my hatred for pearl jam okay wow okay let's see sad life you live jason no it's incredibly rewarding because it doesn't have any pearl jam in it the thunderstruck song i know i, I wanted to sing Christmas. that last yeah. week i never did <laughs> about the whole like thunderclap of you know the law you know yeah and you could have played the song on your guitar jason that would have been great for those adult classes that use this to supplement adult bible study we apologize officially for the last six minutes of this radio I would like to point out, though, it was Jason's fault, not yeah, mine. Totally yeah, mine. Yes. Very oh, few no, times totally, is this totally. going to go astray from yeah. me, from anybody but right. me. Brett, yeah. tell us what you mean by satisfaction. <laughs> uh, and I, in I the think style of Keith Richards. In the style of Keith Richards. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess you were. we've been talking, I think we were talking before about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the effect of the gospel yeah. uh, in in repentance, and, and I like how last episode you talked about uh, repentance is is both part law, part of the law, and part of the gospel. Or, yep. or there's a, yeah, you called it the hinge, and I said yeah, you know we yep. don't have a better illustration right. for it. So um, yeah, it, I guess the idea of satisfaction here um, is that a part of the gospel in this or not? No, satisfaction mm-hmm. makes the answers to the threats of the law mm-hmm. more law. Mm-hmm. That's what satisfaction does. And so so it becomes like you're terrified of your sin, you need to do these 50 things. Mm-hmm. And that's what satisfaction is. Now, the as I understand it, and if we still have Roman Catholic listeners after all these years, as I understand it, the official Roman Catholic mm-hmm. or the public mm-hmm. Roman Catholic doctrine on this, we've talked about it before, yeah. is that Jesus pl- bud and Jesus' death pays the eternal punishment for sin. Uh, satisfactions mm. pay the temporal yep, consequences yep. of sin. And that's how it would be framed by our uh, Roman Catholic neighbors, right? But what we we need to do a Lutheran understanding from Scripture of what satisfaction is, and, and I'll say it again, satisfaction makes the answer to the threats of the law more law. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem we have with it. Mm. Yeah, to that song you were singing, right? I, I, I got to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't know where to go with that. I, I was going to sing it, but I was thinking of like the whole idea of, yeah, I mean, ab- basically what Jason said, but it's the idea that I've got to fix this. There's well, a problem it, that needs to be fixed, and it just left there, yeah. It turns the preaching of the gospel into, it, it distills the gospel down into a second chance to get things right, and it completely devalues what Jesus paid on the cross. Mm-hmm. Because if we could have done it ourselves anyway, why on earth did God send his one and only son to pay the price he paid? Either Jesus paid the price for our sins, or we pay the price for our sins. It can't be both. Hmm. Hmm. That's, I mean, that in a nutshell, 
uh, without expanding and opening several cans of worms, that's the Lutheran assessment of satisfaction okay. yeah. and Hail Marys and all of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. that is not to say, and, and maybe this is the direction we should head when we're talking about repentance, that is not to say there aren't practical, real-world steps we can take yeah. to overcome the effect of sin in our lives. If yeah, you're struggling that, with a habit yep. or an addiction, or if you're struggling out with the fallout of sinning against someone, right. there are steps we must take to rectify that, but that is not a theological application. Good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I want you does. to say that again. Yeah. So, so in the case of a habitual sin or an addiction or in the case where we've harmed someone, mm-hmm. there are real world things we probably ought to do. Those don't belong to the theology of the thing. They don't impact our forgiveness. They don't impact our eternity. Those are a matter of vocation. Hmm. So there's... We're serving our neighbors in vocation through yeah, we're, we're actively repenting. through restitution or yeah. <laughs> through well, I mean, okay, yeah. let's let's yeah. use uh, you know something like pornography or something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. There's some very practical things yeah. that that should happen if a person is is struggled struggling with pornography or it, or any or any, any sin really any, like habitual. Type but to of, say that, yeah. so so what you're saying, Jason, is some of those things that need to take place. We are not doing them to satisfy God's wrath. We are doing them as married men or. Or, or even single, single men, man. you know, you're doing it out of love for neighbor, which in some cases is your wife or future wife or whatever thing. Like it's all love for them in, in the process of that. None of it is a satisfaction. Is that yeah. a good illustration to re- talk re- about what you're saying? Resisting and avoiding sexual temptation is a love for your current wife, is your love for your future wife. It is. <laughs> How many are you going to have, Jason? <laughs> if you're single. Okay. Uh, right, and, it, yeah. and it's also a love yeah. for the woman you're lusting after because she is not your wife and potentially someone else's wife. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's. Yep. We also do it, though, because it's wise. And the outcome of God's law is good order. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things that's so hard to have, you know, we can dwell on this. I think there's some other things we should address with this because yeah. there's other areas that need to be discussed, but, but pornography and, and, and lust is so readily saturated in society, right? right? Part of what we do is simply because it's wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's wise to do. Are you, are you talking about like taking steps to, I don't know, uh, not... The, the nature have, have, of have you know, uh, boundaries on certain things. The nature yeah. of porn is that it's a sin of opportunity, which means if you reduce the opportunity, the the availability and the practice of the sin become there's a there's a resistance there that you can build in. You know, mm-hmm. so that yeah. when what yeah. you're saying is that reducing of availability is not a theological matter in the right. sense of yeah. satisfaction. It is a practical matter in the sense of loving one's neighbor, which is yeah. all the outworkings of one who yeah. has victory and, over that sin or any sin, really. And, and the outworking all, all done of, in repentance and faith. Yep, yeah. And the outworking of your love for neighbor is done decently in an order. And that's where everything mm-hmm. comes together. It's not done chaos. It's not done selfishly. It's not it's like, okay, so if you struggle with mm-hmm. temptation and find yourself alone at night at 11 o'clock, then make your computer inaccessible mm-hmm. or don't turn on the TV or things like that. There are practical steps you can do that will just be better for you because that's the way God's ordered creation works, right? Mm-hmm. So where I was going with this before we got into that topic, yeah. and, and you brought There's up- so much there though. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. there's so far we could go with that. Because yeah. I think that that absolute, when you think of of that practical side of 
behavior modification, we'll call it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's, that's a the, loaded term. Yeah, it is, and it's going to whatever. <laughs> but, but that's kind of what we, we tend to think of it, and I use that term on purpose. We tend to think of it therapeutically, like it's helping me. This is my behavior modification. I need to do but we tend to think of those things in terms of love for neighbor. That blows the whole oh. world of life change, you know, life changing, spirit led victory and love for neighbor. Like just all of those yeah. things that God is using to love our neighbor. That when we view it that way, it changes the focus and it makes it less of a burden too, doesn't it? Yeah, it's paradigm shifting. There's, is it, is. it is, absolutely. So yeah. So, well, it's look at it this way. Honestly, I think when we break between small called articles, treatise, and the formula coming up in the not so distant future, uh, somewhere, you know how we kind of do a series as a palate cleanser before we get back into the heavy. We ought to do a series on purity. Hmm. On, 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 yeah. on, on human sexuality. Yeah. Uh, but oh, where was I going? What did you just end with now? Because I, I had that. I was saying oh, paradigm shifting. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the idea behind this is the, the, because the law condemns us because we're selfish, mm-hmm. which means a selfish response to the law isn't going to help. So the kind of the the whole Jerry Maguire help me help, help you, you. Yeah. Help, you know that kind of thing <laughs> help me help you it, it doesn't work yeah. because it nope. is inherently a selfish exercise sure and yeah. we would avoid yeah. that yep right yep. and and so yeah now go, let's go back to sins that harm others directly and not indirectly right so yeah Adam you brought up the word restitution. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and we need to walk the path where we explain that that's not penance, it's not satisfaction, yep. but still necessary. And and the reason this comes up in evangelical Christianity or generic American Christianity is with all the abuses of pastors over the last hundred years. Mm. And what gets what where repentance gets screwed up in this is that my forgiveness removes the consequences of what I did. And so that abusers and manipulators will storm in like a bull in a china shop and they've broken everything. And then they say, you need to forgive me. And that means that I can't be punished for anything that I've done. Mm -hmm. And that's why restitution is different from satisfaction or penance. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be clear on that, that there are often and regularly temporal consequences of our sins that exist apart from forgiveness in Jesus. Yeah. And those, and that includes our forgiveness of others. It does. So, you know, and, and I, I gave uh, a speech in class today at speech class, the students wanted to see what a persuasive speech looked like. What and a I professional. T- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me show you. And, and you know, the, we, the speech was on forgiveness. And it's something I've thought a lot about, so it's something I could do relatively quickly and easily to put together for them. But in there, I use the illustration of Rachel Denholander and her forgiveness. Is that how you pronounce her? Pronounce it? That's how I've pronounced it. Okay. Denholander, is that how you'd say it? Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, Whatever. (laughs) Unexpected. It could be Rachel D. from the uh, gymnastics scandal, you know, with the Larry Nassar thing. And she was maybe the whistleblower, I think. Yep. And she talked about that. We uh, explained that to students. Okay, there's an aspect in which she absolutely, as a Christian... Christian woman, and she is, had the responsibility as a Christian to forgive her perpetrator, but at Larry the same, Nasser. Yeah, and as the at the same time, she also had 
the, the, it was right for her to turn him in. It is right for him to serve his consequences. It is right for her to desire that he will find, you know, salvation and forgiveness in Jesus Christ and that she will be with him in heaven one day. It's right for her to feel that way, but it's also right for him to go to jail for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to put words in her mouth because this is a sensitive situation. This is her actual real life and mm-hmm. the lives of several people. But I think I remember seeing a news clip of her saying, I hope you find forgiveness in Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I hope that when we're in heaven, we'll be together and fully reconciled. Yep. But you need to pay for your actions. He did. Yeah, it's and, exactly what she said. And and she, she actually pointed, he was holding a Bible at his sentencing yeah, hearing. Yeah, and she right, was speaking right. and she said, that Bible or that, that book that you hold mm. speaks of a forgiveness that, that has been won for you in a person of Jesus Christ. And that's a forgiveness that you need far more than you need it for me, though I offer that as well. Hmm. You know, and then she so, went in to so say good. that it yeah. was beautiful. I mean, it was, yep. it was the perfect balance of, of I'm releasing any debt you owe me, but at the end of the day, their justice needs to happen. It's that perfect blend, you know, in our, in our re- recent cultural memory of that blending of justice and forgiveness in the right way. Uh, and and I, I like the, the way you're talking about that, not in terms of satisfaction, he doesn't need to go to jail. And then all of a sudden it was okay that he, he yeah. molested all these young women or girls. Uh, it, that's that's not okay, but it's a factor of, you know, he needs to, you know, th- there is a, a con- you know consequence, that, but that's not going to earn him anything. It's the Jesus. It's the book she he was, you know, she pointed out that he was holding. It's the Savior that's spoken of in there that's going to give her the forgiveness she needs. Yep. Nothing else. No yep. no amount of time in jail. Yep, I think it's just so important because there there are so many abusive, manipulating pastors, spiritual leaders. Uh, that have come in and said, you need to forgive me mm-hmm. and have used it as an excuse to continue yeah. to break the law in that way yep. and then to continue to demand that the victims of their crimes be held under their thumbs. And I think that is one of the greatest tragedies of our time. And if there's something other than Pearl Jam that will make me angry, not to make too light of a situation, <laughs> yeah. it's when I see spiritual manipulators use that to crush a soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. get very angry when I see that happening. Yeah. I will speak out again it because there is a difference between forgiveness mm-hmm. and me saying, I give you permission to walk all over me again. Yeah. 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 It, it, there's so many outworkings of this. Yeah. So yeah. many, you know, I think of Matthew 18 and all the times like, well, you didn't use Matthew 18 and, and they're using that as a justification. <laughs> like yeah, the, well, because Matthew 18 wasn't used correctly, I'm not wrong. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And therefore, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm justified. Yeah, it's it's same thing. There, there it is again. It's always it, it's insidious, and it's it, it creeps in every way that it can, and it all steals from the gospel of Jesus Christ. It all it all pulls away from the reality that the law is there to to cl- like a thunderclap to bring us down to our knees and say we need something to cause yep. actual passive contrition and draw us to Jesus so very quickly and immediately. You know that's what we have to remember. It, it needs to bring us to Him, and it's only there that we're going to find hope. It's only there that we're going to find the joy that we we long for the restitution etc it's only there that we're going to find the the basis of that mm-hmm. yeah. amen amen and isn't that the nature of repentance that yeah. our sinful nature is finding a reason for us not to repent mm-hmm. and so you know it's yeah like you didn't do your steps in the right order so therefore i don't need to repent yep. mm-hmm. it's just a shame mm-hmm. yep, yep. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary invites you to their 2024 Seminary Symposium on January 17th through the 19th with featured guest Dr. Joel Bierman. 
Sessions will cover topics related to Christian ethics, including virtue ethics in the church and the rise and fall of Lutheran pietism. Find information about live stream and in-person registration at flbc.edu slash events. God bless you and have a great week.